they unlocked on Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks lost to a 36-year-old backup goalie who wore golden everything. We're going to talk about that and more on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, we're really going to talk about this, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to do this. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Although watching that game took away more than 10 months out of my life. Uh, Just a reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And make sure to rate five stars, comment, and subscribe if you have not already. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD and follow this show at LO underscore Ducks. And I'm just going to bring this up right now because it is the start of a new week. Later this week, I'll be doing a mailbag episode. So make sure to get those mailbag questions in. Uh, the email address is at, or sorry, LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Send me your questions, uh, whether it's hockey-related, Ducks-related, sports-related. I'll answer them on the air, and we're going to have a mailbag every couple weeks on this very shoe. All right, I'm avoiding it, so let's talk about it. The Ducks played the Vegas Golden Knights on a two-game set because apparently that's the way things work nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, we're in pandemic times, so we can't just play one game against a team. No, we got to do it twice. we got to play the same great team two times in a row. Vegas is supposed to be one of the cup favorites, so the Ducks are very happy to see them. Yeah, right. They're not happy to see them. They're not happy to see any of those Golden Knights, especially in those... Oh, very shiny golden uniforms because they're the golden knights, so they have to be golden, right? Uh, I guess. They're they're oh so shiny. Ugh. Yeah. I folks, I mean that derisively. They were shiny, alright. They were blinding, alright. That that's all I can say about the Golden Knights jerseys. I mean, do they look cool to some people? Yeah, I guess. Would I like to see them more often? Uh, No. No. Stick with what you know. Stick with the basic home and away. That's what's working for the Golden Knights. You know what else is working for the Golden Knights? Winning games. Something that the Ducks cannot do against this team. Because as I mentioned on the last episode, the Ducks have only beaten Vegas twice in their franchise history. Two out of 13 times. Well, it got a little bit worse. Yeah. Make that 2 out of 14 times because, as you probably saw, the Ducks lost in overtime to Vegas 2-1 to one over the weekend. But hey, at least the Ducks got a point, right? That's worth something. If you're rooting for the Ducks to win, hey, they got a point. If you're rooting for the Ducks to tank, hey, they only got a point. If you're rooting for them to tank, hey, they only got one point. They're last in the division. Hooray! They've only got one point in two games. Look at other teams. Look how many points they have. Yeah, if you're a Ducks fan that's wanting them to tank, this was the weekend for you. Because they were playing a very good Vegas team that is expected to make the playoffs. Look, Vegas will make the playoffs. We all know it. They're stacked with so much talent, it is ridiculous. It's an embarrassment of riches. Going to the first period, yeah, nothing much happened in that first period. Except for one thing. Uh, The Ducks may have uh, had some very poor special teams. The special teams were so bad for the Ducks. 
so very bad that they allowed just shot after shot. In the first period, the, the shot attempts were, you know, fairly even on the Ducks' power play. Oh, oh, but it gets worse. It gets so much worse after that. Because the first period, nothing happened. No one scored. The second period, at least there was some good later on. That first, uh, that second power play of the game, by the way, the Ducks' power play unit was abysmal. Once again, this is an exact carbon copy of how the power play looked last season. If you might recall, the Ducks were one of the five worst teams on the power play last season. And that troubling trend would continue into this season. You'd think they would have practiced this in 10 months. 10 months they had time to practice the power play. Yeah, nothing changed. There is still some stagnant movement on the blue line. There is still a lack of cross-ice passing. There is still a, a real lack of puck awareness when it comes to getting in the middle of the zone and the power play. No, that is not going to do it. Conversely, Vegas, on their power play, they actually pass the damn puck. They pass it from side to side. They pass it below the goal line. They pass it to the point. They do a very efficient job of getting the puck movement generated across all four corners of their offensive zone. The Ducks don't do that. They stay in one area for about 10 seconds. And they're still waiting. And they wait some more. You see where I'm going with this, right? So the Ducks were pretty stagnant. You know how many shots they allowed? Two power plays the Ducks had in the game. Two power plays. They allowed four shots on those two power plays. The Ducks had one power play shot and allowed four shorthanded shots. Are you kidding me? In both power plays, they allowed four shots. One in that first power play in the first period. Three. Not kidding. They allowed three short-handed shots in those two power plays, including three in the second one. That is not going to do it. One of them was a breakaway that could have easily given Vegas the lead early on, but John Gibson stood on his freaking head the entire game. I give John Gibson the first second star the first and second star of the game because you have to give a star to some Vegas Golden Knight because, well, you're in Vegas. You have to do it, I guess. Right? But, oh, fear not. Once the Ducks got out of the power play, they actually played a lot better by allowing the kids to play. I said this last week. Let the kids play. Thank God Dallas Eakins got the message because halfway through the second period, the kid line struck once again. This time, it was... Oh, wait. What do you mean this time? Him again? This is not a typo, right? Max Comtois. You heard that right. Max Comtois got his third goal of the season to make it one nothing Ducks early on. And it was one nothing until a minute and a half left where the... Gosh, I can't even believe this. Vegas pulled Fleury. Gold-clad Marc-Andre Fleury left the ice, and it was a perfect tic-tac-toe play. It was Mark Stone to the Corsi King, Marcheseau, and he dished it over to William Carlson. Wild Bill got his first of the season. That tied it at one. 
Oh, but it gets better than that. Oh, boy. Seven seconds into overtime. Stone got another assist. He kind of bullied his way to the puck on the faceoff. And you had a couple guys, including Sam Steele, go the complete opposite direction. Sam Steele and Ricardo Kill went the wrong way. And Stone passed it right to a streaking Max Pacioretty on the right side. And Gibby had no chance. It was a two-on-one. Gibby was a dead duck. And that was the game winner. Only seven seconds into the overtime. Seven seconds. The Ducks lost a heartbreaker. Two to one. Which is a shame. Because Gibson was good the entire game. And the Ducks defense just completely let him down on the end. We're going to break down this game more after the first intermission. But before we get into that, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And they have lines for every sport, including NBA, NFL. The playoffs are on. There's only four teams left in the NFL. Will the Chiefs pull it off? Will the Packers pull off their game? Uh, I guess we'll wait and see. Oh, NHL's also there. They have all the games on there for the NHL. And by the way, the Ducks are definitely not favorites against Minnesota. But that much was obvious. So if you're daring and want to put a bet on the Ducks, they're the underdogs. They're about a plus 200. So check out betonline.ag. And when you make your first deposit, enter promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please gamble responsibly. And we're going to talk more about this one on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And a little bit of trivia for you guys. This one might be painful for Ducks fans to hear, or it might be amusing, or something, I don't know. But I thought I'd just throw this out there. In the Ducks' last four games, dating back to last season, their last four games since last March, two gentlemen are leading the team with three goals in the last four games. Max Comtois and Nick Delorier. Yeah, you guys remember that hat trick that Nick Deloria had last March? It was March 10th against the Ottawa Senators. He had three goals in the first period. Yeah. So between the two last games from last season and the first two games from this season, your leading goal scorers are Nicolas Deloria and Maxime Comtois. What does that tell you about the Anaheim Ducks? Yeah, those are not the two names that you would expect to lead your goal scoring. And if you had that on your bingo card, then you are a complete liar because I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card. Normally, it's guys like, I don't know, at least Cam Fowler, he would get a point. You'd expect guys like Ricard Raquel and Jakob Silferberg to be the leading goal scorers. Yeah, not Delorier and Max Comtois. And speaking of Comtois, there are three good things or... I'll give three good things that the Ducks did. One good thing they did was they controlled puck play in their offensive zone for about 30 minutes. For a while, they made Marc-Andre Fleury work for his saves. For a while there, 
the Ducks were getting shot after shot after shot, and Fleury was making some spectacular saves. Another thing that the Ducks were very good at was their spatial awareness through the neutral zone. So this is something that is that has been very good for them. And this goes back to their young guys. Once they get to the sidelines, they do a good job of exiting the zone. That's always been good for them. The third thing that I liked is their penalty kill. Their penalty kill has been pretty decent to start the season. So that's three good things. As far as three players that I liked... There's an obvious number one. He would have been the number one star if they'd held on for that one nothing victory. It was by far John Gibson. John Gibson saw a plethora of shots. 33, in fact. The shots on goal were 33-22 to 22 in favor of Vegas. But as far as the shot attempts go, the shot attempts were even more than that. Vegas had 67 shot attempts to Anaheim's 48. It was by far, I shouldn't say by far, but it was pretty one-sided. Except for the second period, where the Ducks actually out-attempted Vegas 20-19, but that was kind of a turnaround. After that abysmal penalty kill, the Ducks flipped the switch, and they played an excellent 15 minutes of hockey, where after that point, they out-attempted Vegas 19-13. That's pretty impressive that they did that well for that amount of time. But Gibson was on his head in the first, and especially the third period. Gibby didn't let away too many rebounds. And the high danger chances were not all that bad. I mean, the first period, Vegas had all the high danger chances. They had seven, in fact. Seven high danger chances. The Ducks had none, of course. And Vegas only had... Uh, five high danger chances in the following 40 minutes and then the obvious one at the end where they gave up that overtime goal. So Gibby was on one until the end, but that wasn't his fault. I do not fault him for either of those goals. The second player that I liked, and this is obvious, Maxime Comtois. I have liked him since last season in San Diego And what I like about Comtois and what was very good on this particular game, Comtois is the kind of player that will not only score for you, but he will deliver the hits when he has to. And this is something that I've talked about with Comtois in the recent past, where yes, he will get into those dirty areas. He loves going to the corners and delivering hits. Uh, He was credited with two hits, one of them a pretty freaking big hit. That's his game. That's always been Comtois' game because he is that bigger-bodied player. But he's developed a little bit of speed in the offseason. Max Comtois, if you can believe it, has added a little bit of muscle. But the one dimension that was lacking was speed. Something that Comtois has improved very much in the past 9-10 to months. So it's good to see Comtois becoming a more complete young player And this is the potential that we've been talking about for the past two to three years with Comtois. You know, it has been said, oh, the potential is there, but the potential is there. There's a reason why he's touted as a very good prospect. And we weren't seeing it for about a year and a half. Finally, last year in San Diego, everything was coming together. He was scoring everything last season with San Diego. And it was looking like he was going to propel them on a deep run last year. 
Now he's got the speed. Now, and that goes along with the heavy hitting. Now he's got a better shooting ability. He's improved on that as well. Maybe we're not done with Comtois scoring goals. He could get double-digit goals this season. Heck, I'll even go as far as saying he might be able to score 15 goals this season. In a shortened season, that would not be a bad thing. His star is rising little by little, but it is rising. The third player that I liked seeing was, and you're not going to believe this, Ricard Raquel. Raquel was very, yeah, I didn't, I was going to say Sam Steele here. I thought Steele played an excellent game for the most part. Him and Comtois had a good game. But, you know, Sam Steele and Troy Terry, I say they did well together. And they made Fleury work. But as far as an individual effort, I really liked Ricard Raquel's game because he was streaked on the ice. He would get from blue line to blue line very quickly and have complete control of the puck. His zone exits and his zone entries were near perfect on Saturday night. Okay, I say near perfect because it was virtually perfect the first couple of periods on even strength. And then you had that power play, which we... Let's not talk about the power play. Let's just not. But there was a couple instances early in the game where Raquel kind of just swooped in there and he had a very good open shot, one of which nearly went in. And there was at least two shots where Raquel got the puck in deep and created a very juicy rebound attempt, neither of which went in. That's that's fine. That's okay. But Raquel made that play happen and he made it work. And by the way, special... I guess I'll, I'll give this one some special treatment too. Uh, a little bit of honorable mention to Jacob Larson, who I know Duck's kind of saying, really? Larson's playing? Hey, Larson had a very good assist on that Comtois goal. He sped down the ice, got to Fleury's right side, and was right in the right place at the right time. So those were the three players I liked. Gibby, Comtois, and Ricard Raquel. And the player that I did not like was also Ricard Raquel because he helped let in that winning goal for Vegas. Raquel was right there on the faceoff dot and went forward. So did Sam Steele. They both went forward trying to win the puck battle on on the faceoff. And what happened? A two-on-one. You had a two-on-one with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. And you left Cam Fowler out there. I mean, Cam Fowler was a dead duck right there. It was so bad to see. So, yeah, it is possible for one player to be one of the best players and also one of the worst because Raquel did that not once. He did that a couple times, too, where he would completely misplay the puck and go to a place where he shouldn't be. I'm looking at that goal in particular. It was that bad. Bad, folks. Oh, by the way, Raquel also was misplaced on the game-tying goal. Ricard Raquel needed to cover the crease a little bit better. He needed to guard that that tic-tac-toe puck better. He wasn't in the right place at the right time. So, yeah, Ricard Raquel kind of, sort of allowing those two goals to happen. It was this very, very poor defense on Raquel's part. You got to play two-way hockey. I mean, yes, you're a talented scorer, but you've got to play some defense. And I think this is something that Ducks fans get frustrated with in regards to Ricard Raquel. Is sometimes he'll miss 
assignments on defense. And this happened once again, and it reared its ugly head. Once again, Vegas winning 2-1 to one in overtime. We're going to head into the second intermission. And if you're like me, you're already getting tired of seeing these games. And you definitely need a pick-me-up. And the pick-me-up that I enjoy is having some Built Boost and some Built Bar. Yes, the fine folks at Built have sent some amazing products. Once again, I personally want to say thank you to Built for sending some amazing products. Their 18 mixed box is great. Their Built Boost is fantastic. You have pomegranate green apple that I like. My favorite, the Lemon Lime Built Boost. It is my favorite. All you got to do is get a bottle of water, put in some Built Boost, and you're good to go. That'll give you the energy to last the entire day. And also, if you have a Built Bar, that'll give you the energy to last through an entire Ducks game. Because Lord knows we need it. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and try one of their 18 amazing flavors, including orange, double chocolate, cherry barcia, and my favorite, cookies and cream. So go to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Once again, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off your next order. Built Bar. Oh, it's the best tasting protein bar in the land, and it tastes like a candy bar. Oh, yeah. Coming up after the second intermission, we have some unfortunate minor league news. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by betonline.ag. All right, let's get right into it. There was some bad news that happened over the weekend as far as minors go, and this one pretty much sucks. So the San Diego Goals and the Ontario Reign were supposed to play this weekend, and that didn't happen because of a positive COVID test. In fact, uh, there was... A statement that went out from both teams saying that they couldn't do the game out of an abundance of caution for COVID-19. But what happened? Uh, someone tested positive. Uh, don't know from which team. Don't know who. But that's what happened. And unfortunately, without a bubble, this is going to continue happening throughout the season. Not just in minor league hockey. But we're going to see this in the National Hockey League this season. We're already seeing it with the Dallas Stars where so many players have tested positive already. And this is going to be kind of a sad story. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ducks have to not play a few games. Someone's going to get it in this division, especially in a state where the numbers are so high. I'm just saying this from a standpoint. Just don't be surprised if you see some more postponements later on down the line. This is just stating facts. No opinion here. But look at what's happened in Dallas already. You've had 29 positive cases throughout the league, 19 of them taking place with the Stars. However, this is the reason why there's a taxi squad. If only one player gets it, 
then there might be one game postponed, but they can always pull someone up from the taxi squad, and that's not going to be a massive deal. As far as the minor leagues are concerned, this is going to be concerning because there's going to be so many games lost. They're already kind of just running up against it. We're only less than three weeks away from having the American Hockey League season target date to start. I mean, yes, it's kind of confirmed, but this isn't 100% set in stone yet. There are still a lot of things that could happen, and this is the start of it already. So, once again, we don't know when the first preseason game is going to be, but we'll have it for you soon. And by the way, just as a programming note, we're going to have Locked On Goals come back this season. When the the AHL season begins, we're going to have Locked On Goals at least once per week. I don't know if that's going to be on a Wednesday or Thursday or what, but we're going to bring that back this season. And also of a programming note, we're going to have a mailbag segment later this week, either on a Thursday or Friday. I haven't decided yet, but I'm going to open up the mailbag starting this week. If you have any questions, feel free to drop me a line at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. So let's please send some emails. I've already gotten one email. So just send some questions. They're great for me to have. Now that the season has started, maybe I'll get some more emails. Also, also, programming note for tonight's Ducks game. Normally, it is a 7 o'clock start, but because it is a holiday today, today's game is going to start a little bit early. It's going to start at 6 p.m. since there's not going to be nearly as many people going to work today. So most of you are going to be listening from home anyway. So once again, Ducks versus Wild is tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific time. That'll be on Prime Ticket. And the Ducks start a two-game series against the Minnesota Wild. That's going to be something interesting. And the Ducks have to face the 23-year-old Russian phenom Kirill Kaprizov, who has already lit up the score sheet against the LA Kings. Yeah, Kaprizov was the one that had that sick overtime winner against the LA Kings, which I know makes Ducks fans very happy. He's leading the team with four points, and he also leads the team with three assists. He has one goal, that overtime winner. Uh, Matt Dumba leads the team with two goals. Oh, only two goals, huh? Look at Max Comtois. He's got three goals. Any predictions made today would be a little bit silly because Minnesota did play the LA Kings, and they are one of the worst teams in the division. And Anaheim did just play one of the best teams in the division, the Vegas Golden Knights. So to say that Anaheim looks bad is silly because they played a good team. And say Minnesota looks great because they played one of the worst teams is also silly. So predictions for tonight. I still say Minnesota wins. Kaprizov has been that good, folks. He is the real deal. So sadly, I do predict Minnesota is going to win. But I think I think Anaheim might get another point out of this two-game series. So that's just an honest opinion. All right, we're going to wrap things up for today. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. And once again, be sure to drop me a line at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Not Google Podcasts anymore. They don't have podcasts. Now it's Android Audio. Yay. Oh, and also... Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. 
Once again, Ducks play tonight at 6 p.m. at the Ponda. It is their home debut. They have not played at the Ponda since March 11th. It has been 10 months and a week since the Ducks played at home. So we're going to welcome them back to the Ponda tonight. I'm sure they will love it. All right. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Enjoy the holiday, and please make sure to wear a mask, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together. Mm-hmm.